are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. What's up, guys? This is Coffee and Calling, where we just chat over coffee. I'm one of your co-hosts, Isaac. I am Noah Yarrow, and thank you so much. Sit back, enjoy, and come along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Coffee and Calling podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about calling, what that looks like, and how that is played out in the lives of others. I am one of the two co-hosts on this podcast. My name is Noah, and I'm joined with none other than the Isaac Steiner. Yes, sir. We're back, baby. Oh, we're back. And, you know, we were we were talking um, a little bit earlier on the way over here about social awareness. <laughs> and yeah. Isaac, can you, what what is social awareness? Yeah. So we were just, well, to give a little bit of context for this conversation, when we got our drinks and everything, we're coming through and I'm like, all right, I got to get my backpack. And it's at this table with a bunch of, which, with a bunch of girls. And I have to go get it. And me and Noah know a lot of them there. And so we're about to come up, start laughing, cracking jokes with them, having fun. But then we show up and, you know, when you like show up in conversation and their like face is super serious. It looks like one's about to cry. The other one's just in the, in the dirt, all this stuff. And I just look at them, pick up my backpack, look at Noah. And we both knew exactly what was going on. And the girl that was talking said some kind of, said some kind of dark stuff. And so we both were like, all right, see you guys. And we leave, right? So like having that social awareness of like, this is not the time to crack jokes, right? And so as we're coming over, like, thank goodness the Lord has blessed us with social awareness because there are some people where you're having an intense conversation. They just walk up and just linger and just sit there. And so I was remembering, I told him the story. I was remembering a time I was having a really, really intense conversation with one of my friends. And this one dude just came up out of nowhere, bro. And he just sat there and was just staring at us. And I was like, I paused the conversation because like, are you serious? Like, why are you standing here, bro? But he didn't say anything. and was just standing there. And that person is none other than our guest today, Tyler Sanders, with no social awareness. How are you doing, bro? I have absolutely no recollection of this at all. No, that was that was just a made up story. Tyler has social awareness from what I understand, but that was our conversation today. So I thought I'd throw you under the bus a little bit. Well, it's great to be on the podcast. Thank you for such a great introduction. Welcome. It's good to have you. Will you just do a little bit of introduction about yourself, where you are right now, your position? Uh, yeah, just where you are in life. Absolutely. So my name is Tyler Sanders. I currently am an ordained pastor in the Wesleyan Church, as well as... Ordained. I know. As well as I work at Indiana Wesleyan uh, in the School of Theology and Ministry with the Kern Program, uh, where I'm the director of something called the Called Collective. Hey! Oh! Shameless plug. Shameless plug. And I am also the host of the Deep Grace podcast. If you would like to uh, turn off this podcast immediately and go listen to the Deep Grace podcast. Deep Grace. That needs to be the intro to Deep Grace. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, but besides that, I am married to my beautiful wife, Kara. Mm. Uh, we've been married for coming up on five years in June. 
And we have a one-year-old daughter named Eliana, and she is the most Aww. gorgeous, beautiful mm. baby in the history of the world, and I'll fight anybody who uh, that disagrees. Is, that is beautiful. Yeah, a lot of the bus behind-the-scenes work is Tyler, and all the editing and all the fun stuff, and the ideas behind it comes from Tyler, and I'd say he's about 50-50 on good and bad ideas, so... Mostly on the bad. Yeah, mostly. On the, <laughs> we have to throw out about five good ones to get five bad ones, and then sometimes we mix them together and... So it's a great yeah. idea. In baseball, that's a good hitting average. Right hey, there. there we that's go. True. There we it's go. True. Or sometimes we mix it together and it's heresy and we have to cut it out and we have to <laughs> start fair. over. Or true, true, true. Keep you on your toes. That's right. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Um, speaking of which, never knowing what's going to happen, uh, we we don't know anything about Tyler's life. And especially <laughs> about his his calling story, which is, you know, which is why we're here. Absolutely. So Tyler, walk us through what that that calling is in your life. Um, yeah, you're you're here now, but what what were the steps that got you to the point you are now? Absolutely. So when I was six years old, my dad was a pastor, and I gave, according to my parents, I gave my life to Christ when I was six years old at a vacation Bible school. I have no memory of this because I was six years old. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I don't yeah. remember anything from when I was that young. That same. That's but, same here. but my parents tell me that's what happened. Shortly after that, um, there was a large amount of hurt that happened in my parents' lives and in ministry that caused them to leave church altogether. And we spent, as a family, about 10 years away from church during that time. Um, my parents were, they say that they were Christians still at the time during that, those 10 years, um, but we did not go to church except on rare occasions and for me, I barely knew anything about Jesus, the Bible, Christianity, anything like that. And at one point when I was in high school, I, I remember preaching against Christianity just because it was the cool thing to do. Wow. Um, so fast forward to when I'm 15, 16 years old, my dad is going through this radical transformation in his life where Jesus is calling him back mm. and saying, come back and and serve. And there's wild stories that are associated with that. But basically my dad and mom start going back to church. And I'm at this point in my life where I was such a popular kid in school. And then in the next year, I became a very lonely person. Wow. It was quite a wild experience. So from eighth grade to ninth grade, I went from being voted everybody's best friend to being probably one of the loneliest sad sacks in the whole school. Wow. And at one point it was like, I don't even know if I want to live on this yeah. planet being this lonely. And I, was, I felt that way even in my own family too. Um, so when my parents started going back to church, I thought that was a good idea to join them because it's something to do. It's something that won't let me sit at home and wallow in my loneliness. So I go to church with my parents and I, I'm so interested in what's going on, the message. The idea that really struck a chord with me was that Jesus could be our friend. And when you're that lonely, the idea of Jesus, God of the universe, saying, I want to be your friend, and I laid down my life for you as my friend, that caught me. That took my heart. I remember weeping at my parents' bedside accepting Christ. Um, on October 17th, 2011, which was so wild. Right away, the devil's getting at me. Within that first week, yeah. so much spiritual warfare trying to knock me off the path and all that. But that's that's how I came to Christ. 
you know, when I was six years old and when I was 16 years old. And then I started to continue to go to church and I kept getting invited to youth group by the most obnoxious person in the whole youth group. Her name was Allie Molstadt and she is such a dear friend and I haven't spoken to her in a long time, but I really should reconnect with her. But every stinking week at church, she would come over to me and she would say, hey, you need to come to youth group because it's fun. Cause it's cool. It's not all these old people. It's us younger people. And I thought, you know what? I really just like the adult stuff. You know, I'm a fan of it. I really don't need the kiddie stuff that could accompany youth group and all that. So I kept saying, no, 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 no. Finally, we're doing a, they're doing a giveaway night at the youth group. We're giving, they're giving away an iPad. If they can get 65 youth to youth group that night. And so they're scraping the bottom of the barrel to find youth to come to this service. And I have two brothers and we were all there and my two brothers went and I stayed firm and not going. When one of the youth sponsors, her name's Carrie Griffin, love her so much, but she's very aggressive. And she came over to me and said, how would you feel if you were the 65th person and somebody didn't win an iPad? Food for thought and then walked away. Wow, dude, the just most- the amount of pressure. <laughs> That's right. That's so passive aggressive. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so with that conviction laid on my heart heavy, I went out to youth group and sure enough, I was the 65th person. No way. No. I was the 65th no. person and John Stanton won the iPad that night. So John Stanton, if you're listening, you're welcome. <laughs> Jeez, the conviction. Conviction from the Holy Spirit comes in mysterious ways. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I think that's in scripture. So then I started going to youth group and I started thinking, wow, this is way better than big church. This is way better than the stuff I've been hearing. And the message my youth pastor was giving was just so amazing. And it was, it was transforming my life little by little. So I'm going to youth group for several months at this point. I'm worshiping. I'm up front. Um, We're all standing in front of the stage and I can't even tell you what songs were being played that night, but All I remember was I was worshiping God, hands raised, eyes closed, and all of a sudden, the music in the room faded out to silence. And when it faded out, with my eyes closed, I saw a picture in my head of me preaching on a stage in front of people, delivering God's word to people. And then after that, for a little bit, the music just faded in like a rushing wave, And when it faded back in, I was shocked. I did not know what the heck was going on. Never have I ever experienced anything like that up to that point. And I was like, this is wild. I need to talk to somebody about this. (laughs) So like I said, my dad was a a pastor when I was six um, and he's still a pastor to this day. And I talked to him about it. I said, dad, this is, this is what happened. What do you think about this? He said, Tyler, you need to be praying about this because God might be calling you to something big. We don't know what it is yet, but you need to be praying and asking for a sign. So that's what I did. Several months I'm asking God, God, what does this mean? What does this look like? And after talking to my youth pastor, he said, he might be calling you to be a pastor. I don't know. You should pray about it. So I continue to pray about it. And then we get to beach baptism. Now, Growing up in Florida, baptisms are cool because we use the ocean to do our baptisms. Oh, yes. 
So we go out to Madeira Beach, Florida, right by John's Pass. So if you know where that is, shout out to John's Pass. It's a it's a choice beach right there. Wow, so that's a holy beach right there. That's right. So <laughs> we build a stage on the public beach. We do worship. We do testimonies of baptism. Then the pastors go out with those being baptized and they baptize them in the water. And I'm praying that day specifically, God, I need a physical sign because I'm too stupid to know anything different than Dude. a physical sign. That's a real place right there, brother. So accurate. Hit me We've in the head, God. Please, God, hit me in the head with something that says you're going to be a pastor. And not even five minutes after praying that prayer, Carrie Griffin walks up. Passive aggressive. Oh. <laughs> really intense Carrie Griffin. You call me the 65th. <laughs> She comes up to me and she says, Tyler, out of all of your brothers, I see you as a pastor. Wow. Talk about getting hit in the head with a physical sign. That's like, whoa, that's wild. <laughs> she, she to this day doesn't know how much of a sign what she said to me was. Wow. Which now she will because she'll be listening to this podcast. Dang. Shout out. Shout out to Carrie Griffin uh, and Vic Griffin. Such great, great Christian people. Love them to death. Love Carrie to death. So impactful in my life. Um, after that, I went to my dad and I said, dad, I got my physical sign. And he's like, yeah, you did, son. Um, so he prayed with me. And then I went to my youth pastor and he prayed with me. And that is the story of how God called me into ministry and how that's played out over the course of, you know, Oh gosh, it's, it's been like almost 10 years now, um, since that, wow. which that's wild. So many different stories and ups and downs and things in ministry. And from the point of being called to the point of being ordained in the Wesleyan church, all of that, all of the experiences of God confirming that calling has been so meaningful, so impactful. Mm -hmm. And, and in fact, preparing for this podcast, as I was thinking about my calling story, I was thinking, God, that's how we get through ministry. Mm. Remembering that story. Yeah. Remembering and planting a flag in, God, you did call me. This is the story of that. And I need to remember that. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. how I was called into ministry. That's beautiful. I have I have one question with um, because you mentioned how when you first kind of surrendered your life, when you're weeping by your like parents' bedside. And then talking about how the devil came in and like yeah. just like it was like crazy, like almost hell on earth or whatever. And a lot of times we see that as Christians with your calling, saying how you receive that and like the physical affirmation that God sent in in that woman. Yeah. Um, how were you like attacked after that in the sense of maybe it's doubt of like, is this really what I'm called to? Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are wrestling with this where like there's one point they were called and then now they're like, okay, was I really called? Right. And so did you yeah. face any of that? Yeah. Did I face any doubt in my calling at any point? And I, I have to say no. Mm. I have to say that Praise God. after those physical signs, it was confirmed for me. And at no point in my life since that calling have I ever thought I'm in the wrong place. Mm. I have definitely felt ill-equipped, mm. ineffective, weak, not ready, not able to do what God is calling me wow. to do. 100% but I've never doubted that God is the one who called me and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Dang. So like in the midst of all that, those feelings, like some people even consider like those, those feelings being doubt almost 
you would just say like the one thing that got you through is holding on to those affirmations yes. you had. Yes, a hundred percent. And and maybe it's because God confirmed in so many different ways that I'm called into ministry. At my second youth camp ever, the district superintendent of Florida comes up to me and has a private conversation with me and basically says, Tyler, I see you as a church planter. You have a magnetic personality. Wow. You have the ability to communicate well. And we're we're going from a main session to our campfire testimony time, which that's amazing. But he's walking with me through this and he's telling me these things. And that was an exciting thing for me because our youth camp was two, three, 400 kids. Wow. And he's talking to me about this as yeah. we're walking through, wow. which is wild. And he, he's also been a, com, an, a confirming voice for me uh, throughout my calling as well. Um, he sent me a card in the mail one time at a time I really desperately needed to hear mm. some words. And I read the words and I cried because that it was is. such a powerful thing. Mm. So, so anyway, there's different signs for me that have kept me from doubting, but always yeah. circling back to those confirmations can keep you pressing towards God's calling in your life. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like there's almost two different kinds of calling. One that's like a gradual over time. Oh, yeah. And one that's just like an instantaneous. Right. And I know for me that it was a very instantaneous thing. And it was almost like God said, I want to skip all the doubts. I want to skip mm. all of the ways in which you can convince yeah. yourself you're not called because I mean, I, I'm so inadequate yes. to do this work. Yes. Like, it is a gift that I get to steward well. Mm. And and with that, I think there's that sense of, okay, God, I see you. Here's the calling. Here's the gift you've given me. Here's the bow you placed on top. Here is the little card that says, to Noah from God. Like, there's so much affirmation and confirmation that you literally just can't deny it. So then in, you know, in 10 years, even right now, you're, you're sitting back and, and today you're saying, 10 years ago, I got called to ministry. Yeah. And I've never had one doubt. Yes, yeah. I sucked. Yes, I've fallen short. Yes, I'm a failure. Yes, I can't do this. I can't do that. Here's yeah. my, my flaws. But yes, because you have confidence in the God that called you, mm. I'm guessing the successes that's through God's power is just undeniable oh, and yes. so amazing. Oh, yes. And mm. I think that's a super beautiful thing about calling. Yes. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about, like with the instantaneous, mine's the opposite. Mine was like the gradual. Mm. And so, but like the interesting thing, listen to what you were saying is like this, yes, like having these like amazing signs is instantaneous of like seeing these signs that you can't deny, but then it also like, like God affirming that like throughout, like showing his consistency in that. You know what I mean? Because mm. how easy would it be? And sometimes we even show this where it's like, we get people to the point of conversion and we let them figure out mm, the rest. Right. But it's like mm. God's whole model is, I'm going to affirm you in this, but then I'm going to keep affirming right. you in yes. that. And yes. so that's what it was with me. I didn't even know about my calling until other people affirmed it in me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't even praying for that. That people just spoke that into me. Right. And then that's what I saw. Yeah. But seeing that beautiful like orchestration of just... um you praying and coming alongside and seeing these things, but not like truly understanding them, but then people being faithful mm. and like, we are God's plan. A, you know, there is no plan B. Right. It's like he uses us. And so now my question is for you and for us is like, there's people that were doing that for us. What are you doing for other people now? Like, how are you speaking into other people to not yet, not even just affirm a calling to ministry, yeah. but affirming a calling in their life that God has placed on them. You know what I mean? Because think about those people that affirmed us without them listening to God's voice in this and taking a step out. Yeah. Like that woman. Yeah. 
She didn't know that. Right. But she stepped out. And if she didn't do that, then you wouldn't have gotten that physical right. sign that yes. you were asking for. Yes. And so now what are we doing yeah. as people that have been affirmed? How are we coming along God's work in affirming other people yeah. and speaking to yeah. them? Yeah. So I, I, I can't speak for Carrie when I say this and I'll ask her afterwards, but I have to think that she had no idea whatsoever that when she said that she was becoming that physical sign for me. And how many times do we have conversations where we don't know what's going on in somebody else's life and we say something and it hits different for them. It hits in such a, a wild and like deep way. I think it's important that we continue to build relationships, have relationships with people and speak truth into their lives, speak encouragement as well into people's lives because that's something in our world we don't see yeah. a lot is speaking encouragement into. Yeah. Um, and and being faithful when when God prompts you, when he gives you the nudge, when he says, see that person, talk to them, yeah. speak to them, say something to them. So there could be those moments where God points directly mm-hmm. to them. And then there's other times where you're just, you've wound up in a, you know, somebody stops by your office, wants to chat about, you know, disc golf or whatever. <laughs> And then you end up talking about, you know, podcasts and called collective and different things like that. And then boom, something yeah. happens and, and, and all that. So honestly, I think that's, that's so accurate because Isaac and I have the opportunity just to not just be co-hosts, but brothers in Christ who speak life into each other. Yeah. And it sounds silly, but Isaac's voice sometimes plays in my head when I'm doing something or, or going through something that. I guess I don't really know is correct. I guess I know it's not correct, right? I'm, I'm doing, I'm falling into sin or, or I have a temptation. And Isaac's just amazing voice, you know, loving, super sweet, Thanks. not not, a, not at all just super mean or anything like that. At all. No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes. No, no, Isaac tells me straight up and, and I appreciate that. And we, we have lost that sense of challenging. Yeah. But the way that Isaac and I do it is this, is this challenging encouragement. Mm. It's not a, you suck, but it's a, you suck. Let's talk about how we can do better. <laughs> yes. That sounds way better. And it's yeah. like a, it's like a twofold thing. Right. And, and Isaac's voice will sometimes, little things will stick in my head for a while. Mm. And I'll be going through life and I'll be like, mm, I should have a conversation with that person. Yeah. yeah. And then Isaac's head, Isaac's voice just pops in the head and, and obviously, I think the Holy Spirit's prompting that, and it's beautiful, and we've mm-hmm. lost that. And it's a huge—it changed my life so much, and it changed so much about my spiritual life that I'm thankful. Yeah. And I can't wait to to continue to have conversations with, with not only Isaac, but other people on this podcast, because Tyler's story is blessing me. Yeah, It's not just future sermon illustrations. Mm. Like, that's, that's, yeah. not the, that's not the goal here. The goal is Christian fellowship and, and yeah. spiritual yeah. depth that we just just crave. Yeah, I mean, like, one of my favorite things that it says in the Bible when we talk about these things, you know, the power that we have. One of the most powerful things that we have, this is in Revelation, is the testimony, mm. is our testimony. And so sharing our story in those things. And what I love to see is, like, my testimony is so much different than yours. A lot of times we grow up and we're like, oh, the best testimonies are those radical ones, right? right? Like, so my testimony compared to yours and that immaturity mindset would be like, yours is a crazy good testimony. Mine is kind of a boring one. But the thing is, my testimony shows a piece of God's heart and who he is that yours doesn't. Right. And so mine relates with other people, yes, yes, but yours shows another beautiful part of God. Mm -hmm. And so when we share that, 
and share it with others, they're starting to see God moving in that way that's different to ours. But then also with this whole nudging thing and like listening to what God has to say and telling us to, oh, go speak to that person. It might sound crazy to us, Mm, right? Yeah. But the thing is, get rid of your pride in your self-reputation, the image that you want to hold up Mm. and take a step out in faith. Because if you don't, you are depriving the other person of experiencing God, right. of experiencing his spirit. Because of your pride and your selfishness of what you want your reputation to be, you won't step out in faith. So now it's depriving them of experiencing the very thing that you got to experience. Right. Yeah. And so the thing that I want to say is just like, like to listen to God, to be obedient is humbling. Yes. You have to have humility with that because there are sometimes I've shared things with people and it's just like no lights like going off on the head or anything right. like that. But then there has been. Yes. And so it's like, Every time has been building the faith, yeah. but it's putting death to myself and what my flesh feels and stepping into what the spirit has to commune with somebody else. Yeah. And so one of these questions I want to ask you is the advice that you have for people. Yes, with, with your story, with your calling, all those things going forward, what advice do you have for either like students like us mm-hmm. who are experiencing our calling or people who are wrestling with the calling? Right. Well, you know, part of the part of my calling story the biggest part, I would say, you know, there was that radical moment where the music fades and I see the vision of me preaching and all that. Um, but in between the physical sign on the beach and that moment was months of prayer. Wow. How often do we actually spend in prayer on things? And, you know, we say, oh, I will pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, brother, brother. I will pray for you, brother. <laughs> brother listen, man. Brother. Let, let me pray about that and get back to you, brother. Um, how often? <laughs> let me let me step away from you for a moment and <laughs> yeah. be by myself. Let yeah. me not take the opportunity to pray for you in the moment, but I'll go back to my room and maybe think about it later. after lunch. <laughs> once I dig- I've digest some food, yes. take a, a prayer, power nap, <laughs> a yes. prayerful nap. <laughs> yes. So, how often do we actually spend concentrated, fervent amount of time in prayer? And I think that's the number one thing we miss is prayer. If you're in, if you're just a Christian, if you're called into ministry, if you're Paul, if you're Peter, how often should we be? We should be praying a lot. Yeah. We should be communing with God Mm. in prayer a lot. And in our busy American lives, we probably don't. We probably don't take a focused amount of time and spend it in prayer asking God you know, laying, laying down requests. Sure. Praying for Billy Sue's leg, praying for (laughs) just a random name, praying for ailments, praying for tragedies, praying for people's comfort and healing and all that. Absolutely. We should be praying for that, but we should also just be asking God, guide me, lead me, take me where you want me to go. Put me to doing, put me to suffering, whatever it is, put me on your path. That's so good. And spending spending a lot of time in prayer is, is definitely one thing. The second thing is no matter no matter what you're doing in ministry, no matter what stage of life you're in, be in God's word. But don't be in God's word for the purpose of something else. So, mm. for example, like a sermon. You can definitely gain something yeah. for yourself personally by developing a sermon by being in God's word. And doing that deep dive into scripture. And it absolutely can be transformative to you in that moment. But there needs to be a time outside of everything else where you're just in God's word, seeing his character play yeah. out in the stories of scripture. 
And when I was a student at IWU, Indiana Wesleyan, for those that don't know the, the acronym, um, when I was a student at IWU, I would interview pastors for practicums, for um, if I just see them on campus and meet them on campus. And I would ask them, what's the one piece of advice that you have for a young pastor like me? And every single time it was the same answer. It was, you need to have that special time alone with God. Yeah. Whatever it looks like, you have to have it because you will be thirsty. You'll be malnourished. You'll be empty without those times in ministry, especially with the care of souls placed on your shoulders. That Wow, that's so good. I, lo- I love when I hear the prayer and what you're talking about in that space because that's what stood out to me and like yours was just like you got this first like kind of sign or whatever happened and then you prayed through it. You know what I yeah. mean? But then praying here and then you receive this as well. It reminds me of James. It says, you do not have because you do not ask, mm. right? Mm. And so a lot of times though, but it goes on to say, but when you ask, you ask for selfish reasons. You aren't asking mm. aligning with my will and that's why you do not have. Mm. And so like what you're talking about, praying, yes, for specific people, for, for specific events, times, all these things, but then also just a simple prayer, like guide me. Yes. Like how many times have we sat there and just been like, Lord, show me your way. Yes. Like, you know, I don't know what to pray for right now, but I want to follow you and what I have. So will you open my eyes to see mm. and my ears to hear the ways that you want me to walk? Yeah. And then as you prayed for that, then you saw the mm-hmm. door be open right yes. in front of you. Yeah. And so that's an encouragement to all of us. Like pray for what you, what you are seeking and yeah. you are seeking the Lord, just pray for him to show that to you more and more. And if yeah. you find it hard to pray along those lines, there's a wonderful prayer that John Wesley wrote called the Night Watch Covenant Prayer. And we can put it in the show notes so that you can have that. Um, and it's it's a prayer along these lines. It's God, put me to doing, put me to suffering, put me on your path. Show me what to do, no matter yeah. if it's for the good of me or whether it's for the bad of me. Put me to where you want me to be. And that's probably not the best description you know, the, the good of me, the bad of me, but it's, it's a great prayer of guiding. Yeah. Yeah. And something that kind of came to mind and and as we're closing here, I think the comparison of, if I just go to Tyler for information, if I just go to Tyler and say, Hey, I need information on, you know, give me John Wesley's, you know, that prayer. Yes. And I leave, but we never have a conversation. I don't know. I feel like I would argue that Tyler and I aren't friends. He's just someone that I, I need something from a vending machine as yeah. it is. And and I think that that correlates to our prayer life. Because mm. if I talk to God only when I need something or want something, yeah, I would even argue that you guys wouldn't have a relationship. Right. And I know that's stepping on some toes, but you know, right. Holy Spirit convict where you will. Yeah. What I'm saying is if if you call Jesus Christ your friend, are you actually talking to him? Yeah. And something that really transformed my life is when I stopped saying, Dear Heavenly Father, and mm. I changed it to, Hey God. Yeah. Because it made it more personal mm, and more yeah. relational. And I think it's fitting that you talked about prayer because as our time is coming to a close, we like to end in prayer. So Isaac, yeah, would you mind closing us in prayer and, and Dude, praying over Tyler and, and just this space? Oh, I would love to. And one thing before that, as he was saying that came to mind that I really want to share because I struggle with this a lot, was we talk about this nudge and listening to the Lord and following the convictions. And if you're wrestling with like, how the heck do I hear the Lord's voice? It's very clear in scripture. Mm. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And the reason is because they spend their time with him. Yes. And I know Noah's voice. He knows my voice. Tyler knows my voice. 
my mom, my parents, all these people know my voice. I know theirs because of the time I spend with them. So if you want to know the Lord's voice, spend time mm. with him and his voice will become clearer and clearer. Yes. But let's pray. Hey God, thank you so much for uh, yeah this time. What a wonderful time it is to come together and to commune and to have fellowship with other believers. Testifying in the spirit that our spirit within each other is your spirit, that it is communicating together in this beautiful way. God, I thank you for Tyler's story, the calling, the testimony that he has. All that we heard today was just your work in his life, the grace, the mercy, the provision that you had for him. And thank you for that story and what it means to see you at work in his life. And then also for ours as we talk about this and for anyone listening as you are working in their lives. I, I ask that you open their eyes, open their ears to hear and see whatever it is that you have for them, that they will begin to pray these prayers, to simply follow you in what you want, that even if they don't understand what to pray, that they will simply pray that prayer of just, God, I'm here. Your servant is listening, so speak clearly. And so God, would you bless us in this time? You bless us with peace and discernment and wisdom from this place following you in all of our ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for joining. And we do have to say thank you to some people. Yes. So thank you to Caledonia for the sick music. Thank um, you. Thank you to IWU for letting us use this school theology and ministry. Um, thank you, Called Collective. And if you have, you know, any other inquiries about anything, there's a whole little my bobber out there for you to look at, which is called the call collective with deep grace and all these other things. So please go get a listen. And thank you, Tyler, for being on the podcast today. It was, it was awesome. It was insightful and, and it was, it was encouraging, which we talked about a little bit. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast for sure. And we'll catch you on the flip. <laughs> <laughs> We'd also like to take a second to thank the school of theology and ministry at Indiana Wesleyan university for using their facilities. We want to thank The Call Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Call Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Call Collective. Thanks for listening again and taking time in your day to have the chance to be formed by the conversations we have over coffee. See you guys next week. <laughs>